Well, it may be a bit late for that. Uh, I remember talking to an Australian diplomat at one point about this break between the U.S. and China and said, you know, both sides are going to say, whose team are you on? Mm. And he said, our job is to make sure the question never arises. But the question has arisen. And so I think we have to go deeper. And it's not about the U.S. versus China. It's about what underpins a world order is always the financial system. I, I was very privileged. My father was an advisor to Nixon when they came off the gold standard in 71. And so I was brought up with a kind of inside view of how very important the financial structure is to absolutely everything else. And what we're seeing in the world today, I think, is we are on the brink of a dramatic change where we are about to, and I'll say this boldly, we're about to abandon the traditional system of money and accounting and introduce a new one. And the new one, the new accounting, is what we call blockchain. It means digital. It means having an almost perfect record of every single transaction that happens in the economy, which will give us far greater clarity over what's going on. It also raises huge dangers in terms of the balance of power between states and citizens. In my opinion, we're going to need a digital constitution of human rights if we're going to have digital money. Uh, but also, this new money will be sovereign in nature. Most people think that digital money is crypto and private, but what I see are superpowers introducing digital currency. The Chinese were the first. The U.S. is on the brink, I think, of moving in the same direction. The Europeans have committed to that as well. And the question is, will that new system of digital money and digital accounting accommodate the competing needs of the citizens of all these locations so that every human being has a chance to have a better life. Because that's the only measure of whether a world order really serves. Open discussions of the coming global sovereign central bank digital currency system increase in the public arena. While the world's head of the Central Bank of Central Banks, the Bank for International Settlements this past week, published a speech in which they acknowledged we're now living in an era with the return of inflation. Surely the future CBDC systems they are building will likely help to try and quell potential political revolts from increasingly higher prices ahead for food and energy in the years to come, while also increasing further control over the basic income receiving populations ahead. China and Russia are increasingly trading commodities for the Chinese Yuan directly, specifically energy units like coal and oil for yuan trades are increasing despite ongoing Western sanctions. This week, the Central Bank of Russia will no longer buy gold at a fixed domestic price of 5,000 fiat rubles per gram. Instead, Russia will buy gold at a negotiated price ahead. Judging by the strength of the fiat Russian ruble this past week, it seems that the bid for rubles in international commodities trading remains strong having erased nearly all its losses from Western sanctions related to the Ukraine invasion to date. Astrophysicist David Freeberg spoke this week about the upcoming global food crisis, much in part stemming from the ongoing war in 15% Europe. 15% of the world's calories come from wheat. About a third of that wheat comes from Russia, Ukraine. Russia has banned export of wheat. The wheat spring planting season is like now, this week. And there's not a lot of planting going on. So not only is the current wheat supply in Russia, Ukraine blocked up, and cannot make its way to countries in Africa and elsewhere. 
but the future planting season is now significantly at risk. And again, that's 15% of global calories. And I just to take a step back, the whole planet Earth operates on a 90-day food supply. Once we stop making food, humans run out of food in 90 days. And that's not just linearly across all nations. What happens is the most vulnerable nations lose their food supply first, and the richer nations buy that food supply to secure their population calories. And so you very quickly see a bifurcation happen where suddenly famine is a real risk. And we already have about 800 million people on Earth that are subsisting on below 1,200 calories a day. So this very quickly tips the bucket in a significant way in a number of countries that's going to be really awful. And that's just on the wheat supply and wheat planting problem. Hello there. On behalf of SDBullion.com, this is James Anderson with a quick SDBullion market update. Before we go further, please smash the like button so other sound money stackers can also see this content. And be sure to subscribe to our SDBullion channel so you can get our latest market coverages and also a chance at winning incredible bullion giveaways like this one. When you love silver as much as me, it's really easy to get carried away. Sometimes I just can't keep my hands off of a good deal. So when SD Bullion told me that they wanted to give away some silver for free, I was happy to lend my hands, I mean voice, for the cause. Now how much silver are they giving away, you ask? Boom, yes, 500 brand new Silver Eagle coins will be going to one of you. Just click the link below and enter for your chance to be the next big winner. Yep, okay, got it. Click the link below to enter our new 500 ounce American Silver Eagle coin type two giveaway contest. And good luck to all of you who take part. Silver and gold had positive weeks of trading. The silver spot price underperformed gold though, finishing the week just under 25 per ounce. The gold spot price closed this week's trading in strong fashion, ending just under 1,950 an ounce. The gold-silver ratio climbed on gold strength, finishing just under 79 parts silver to one part gold this past week. Price inflation in major silver-producing nation Peru has surged of late, coming in at a likely understated 6.82%. Sugar was 2.5 solace a week ago. Right now it's 6. Chicken was 12 solace two days ago. Now it's 16. In an attempt to appease protesters, the government has scrapped a tax on fuel and announced a 10% increase in the monthly minimum wage. Inflation in Peru hit a 26-year high back in March, and the protests are now another test for the recently elected President Pedro Castillo, who's already survived two impeachment attempts after just eight months in office. This fiat currency creation versus inflation chart is from Peru spanning the 1980s into the early 1990s, when Peru suffered hyperinflation and a reset of their current new fiat Peruvian sole currency system, which appears unstable now. Notice something similar. Governments have all seemingly done together throughout this modern world, increasing the current existing fiat currency supplies at unprecedented rates often never before reached. Price inflation inevitably follows. Major Western sovereign gold bullion coins and bar mints are all making headlines with their latest sales figures. The Australian Perth Mint in March 2022 made sales near record size in fiat Australian dollar totals. Both Perth Mint silver and gold bullion sales volumes, when this chart gets updated, 
will be hitting near record high levels illustrated by these respective two blue arrows. The larger sum being gold, the tinier arrow illustrating where last month's silver sales in fiat Australian dollars will come in at. The U.S. Mint had its strongest gold sales figures in over 23 years in Q1 2022. At this pace, the U.S. Mint will break its all-time record in gold bullion ounces sold, even though the overall fiat currency unit price of U.S. Mint gold bullion coins now in 2022 is nearly 10 times what they were back in the year 1999. Speaking of 10 times, to finish this week's SD bullion market update, a brief reminder about how much further gold stands to appreciate in the coming commodity supercycle now unfolding globally before our eyes. The co-founder of PayPal, Peter Thiel, spoke in Miami this past week. One point of his talk revolved around gold's value now versus where gold's value has been and could possibly go again. Um, now, I think there's, if we take a, a, one step further back, we can even ask a question, why is you know, why is gold worth $12 trillion? How much, how much should all the gold in the world be worth? And, um, and if we look at, say, the 1970s, um, gold did remarkably well. Um, and, uh, you know, stocks were, were kind of a crappy investment. And, um, and it's sort of very different from today. So if you look at all the gold in the world today versus all the publicly traded equities in the world today, it's about 12 trillion of gold, 115 trillion of equities, roughly a 10 to 1 ratio. If you look at sort of the peak of, um, of, the, of, the, of the bull market in the late 70s, early 80s, uh, where gold peaked at about $850 an ounce in nominal dollars, at the time, all the gold in the world was worth about $2.5 trillion. All the publicly traded equities were worth $2.5 trillion, and the ratio was actually 1 to 1. And so one of the questions you have to ask is, uh, yeah, why, why is the ratio um, 10 to 1? Why can't it be one to one? Maybe it should be 100 to one. It can be all over the map. What, what defines these kinds of ratios? And I would say the, I would say sort of one, one simple version is, um, is that uh, in the 1970s, you know, cash was trash, bonds were trash, but equities were pretty bad investments as well because in an inflationary world, um, in a high regulation, high inflation, high tax world, um, the effective capital gains tax rate goes well north of 100% because you don't set the basis uh, on, on equities, you don't adjust it to inflation, and so uh, equities become an extraordinarily bad investment. In the world of the 2010s, you know, gold did pretty well, Bitcoin did extremely well, but the real competitor uh, for, you know, Bitcoin is not Ethereum, that's a payment system, it's not, you know, it's not even gold, it's, it's something like the S&P 500, it's the stock market as a whole. And this is the way, you know, this is the way Bitcoin trades every day. You know, if the stocks go up, Bitcoin goes up. It's like a highly levered NASDAQ stock on a day-to-day -day basis. And that is sort of, in a sense, the real competitor. And the question is um, whether we're headed towards a kind of 1970s style world where it's higher inflation, more regulation, um, and um, and even being, you, know, you don't want to be in a stock or bond, but even being, sorry, you don't want to be in cash or bond, but even being in a stock, you're effectively um, in something that's like a government-linked entity. Companies, woke companies, are sort of quasi-controlled by the government in a way that Bitcoin never will be. And, uh, and in that sort of a world, um, I, I would submit that perhaps 
the, the way we should think of the Bitcoin to equity ratio, you know, the, the benchmark for Bitcoin is not gold, but equities. And the question is, why can't there be parity between Bitcoin and equities? Why, why shouldn't we be talking about something more like 100 to 1? Which, of course, won't, won't, be, won't be as good as it sounds because um, the fiat money will be worth a lot less and it'll be taxed pretty heavily and, and whatnot. But I think, um, but I'm, I'm still hopeful that if uh, Bitcoin goes up by a factor of 100, you will, uh, you'll make um, some money, a modest amount of money in, uh, in real terms. Well, Mr. Peter Thiel, respectfully, the first reason this has not happened in history yet, as it happened relatively recently with gold bullion values in 1980, as you illustrated, is that when the stuff hits the fan, the world's population runs to the most trusted monies of all time, and those remain physical gold and silver. Secondly, governments and their central bank partners increasingly stack gold bullion today, not private cryptocurrencies, benefiting their ongoing control monopolies by controlling the world's still most powerful money firsthand. They also had this not-so-insignificant thing called a monopoly on violence and coercive law creation and regulations. They are coming with their own central bank digital currency systems. And one of the lone private asset classes you can own outside of the digital universe without counterparty risks remains bullion, gold, and silver. They are achieving record demand levels for this and seemingly infinite crypto and fiat currency unit creation reasons. Human beings are inherently flawed, and their currency creationism is no exception. Physical gold and silver have proven track records during currency store value failures. Get you some before they become exceptionally hard to find and exorbitantly more costly. That's all for this week's update. As always to you out there, take great care of yourselves and those you love. If you enjoyed this content, be sure to give our video a thumbs up. To keep getting bullion-related news and industry insights, be sure to subscribe to our channel. Finally, hit that alert button so you know when we publish fresh content.